0: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to First Things First. I'm Jenna Wolfe, alongside Nick Wright, Brandon Marshall, Kevin Wilds. It is Tuesday. A lot happened in the world of sports yesterday to talk about. What's up, Brandon? Did I miss something? <laughs> just saying hi. He's just like, like, waving hello like to America. America. Oh, is it- extended. Good morning. Wilds, Unlike you look great with your tie. I we just need a
1: little consistency. Unlike, I think it looks silly.
0: Much like Baker Mayfield, Kevin Wilds a little inconsistent <laughs> with um, with when he decides <laughs> to, know. Know. When to wear his tie. Uh, Why don't we do that? Let's start in Cleveland with the news that we all feared yesterday. Odell Beckham Jr. lost for the season with a torn left ACL for Odell. This is the third significant injury of his career. Head coach Kevin Stefanski addressed obj his injury and where the five and two browns go from here take a listen
1: and odell you know the energy he brings to practice the energy he brings to games uh you you can't you know you can't uh no one else is gonna be able to bring that type of juice uh but it's it's our job to find the guys that that can go compete that we can go put them in spots where they can succeed Uh, and, and i think we'll be able to do that uh that's not easy. I don't want to have to do it, and I'm very disappointed for Odell, uh, but that's the nature of this beast, and I, injuries are part of this game, and, and doesn't mean any of us have to like it, but we do have to deal with it.
0: So, Brandon, you look at this team and the impact that Odell had in the early going, probably not as much he as he would have liked. He was starting to gain traction when he... Uh, He did have this injury. So now look at the Browns. How much do you change the expectations with this team because you've now lost OBJ for the remainder of the season?
2: Well, I mean, a lot changes, right? Like, this is a great player. And first, you know, you, you don't want to see this. But coming into this year, we knew that there, there was going to be a lot of injuries. We knew there was going to be a lot of soft tissues. Obviously, uh, you know, knee injuries, Achilles injuries, those things are definitely happening at an alarming rate right now because of no offseason, no OTAs. However, uh, I think that the, the Cleveland Browns can, can potentially be better. Not because Odell's not great, because, but really because they had no chemistry. Between the two of those guys, Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr., there was absolutely no chemistry. It wasn't a good fit. Um, I know this as a, as a player when we specifically talking about the Cleveland Browns and how they move forward. When you have a dominant number one wide receiver, it puts pressure on everyone in the building. If you're a dominant number one receiver and you ask for the bar, you don't ask for the ball. There's this feeling inside the building that we got to get this guy the ball. What that happens is the play caller can't call the plays freely, the the quarterback can't drop back and go through his progression and make the right decisions freely. They have this pressure of I have to get this guy the ball. Now when you look at an emotional dominant number one receiver, you think as a quarterback when I get to the sidelines, what do I have to deal with? Is this guy going to uh, check out on me? Is this guy, will he potentially uh, get emotional? And explode on me. Um, So there's so many things that go through a quarterback's mindset. So I think they get better. You got a guy like Higgins standing on the sideline who has great chemistry with Baker. You know, the last three games, he's he's thrown the ball to him 11 times and he's caught in 10. has 10 receptions so um, going back to 2018 he has chemistry with that guy and then also uh, Jarvis Landry so I think that the Cleveland Browns get better Nick because of the lack of chemistry and continuity between Baker and also Odell
3: and that pressure isn't there anymore so I don't totally disagree with you and what I believe is this I think the Browns are going to be fine for the regular season I think that the Browns, because their strength is their pass rush in their running game, and where Baker has been at his best is on those play-action intermediate throws. And you should be able to not miss a beat in your pass rush, not miss much of a beat in your running game, and still have those intermediate play-action throws with or without Odell. So in that regard, I think the Browns will be okay. But this Browns team is going to win 10 or 11 games, which means they are going to be in the playoffs. Mm -hmm, And in the playoffs, against the best teams, the ability to have a number one receiver that can dictate coverage or that can beat a Marlon Humphrey or a Marcus Peters one-on-one or can get Jarvis easier matchups or can force the other team out of playing a stacked box because you need safety help over the top. The Browns are not talented enough and Baker is not yet, and it's yet to be seen if he ever will be, good enough to beat really good teams on his own without having some systemic edges. So I think over the course of this regular season, Wilds, you're not going to see a major drop off. And in fact, the Browns, their next four games, bad news for Jenna Wolfe. The next four games the Browns play, they are going to be favored. They are at home against Oakland, Houston, Philadelphia, and then they're at Jacksonville. And then late in the year, they get both New York teams. So even if they can't beat the Ravens, Titans, and Steelers, they're still going to win 10 or 11 games. So I don't think you're going to see a huge drop-off wilds in their win total. But when they get to the yep. playoffs, and they were going to do that with or without Odell, I think that's when his absence will really show up.
4: Okay, so so does it matter necessarily, Nick, when you say like they should be concerned in the playoffs? If the playoffs start today, they'd go to Tennessee. Maybe they beat the Titans if Mike Vrabel doesn't pull any of his uh, chicanery. Mm-hmm. And then they'd probably go to Pittsburgh and lose. <laughs> and I would actually
3: consider I've that a winning Titans. season. Wouldn't you? Oh, listen, making the playoffs for the Browns, even if they lose the first playoff game, is a massive step in the right direction. And I do think there is going to be a question, if they do win 10 or 11 games and make the playoffs without Odell, assuming he rehabs well and is fully healthy, if Baker looks better the second half of the season, I think, Jenna, there will be a question over whether or not, because he's still a valuable player in this league, they'd be better served getting a different player or a pick for him that is more conducive to what they're trying to do than trying to kind of force this fit, which hasn't been seamless thus far, Jenna.
0: I, Nick, will make a side bet with you. 10 or 11 games. I don't know about that. Uh, Let's take a turn, though, first talk some Monday Night Football. Rams taking care of business behind a pretty solid performance from Jared Goff last night. 219 passing yards, two touchdowns. And man, that Rams defense had the Bears offense looking lost all night. Brandon, back to you. The five and two Rams. Contenders or pretenders?
2: They're definitely contenders. Last week when Nick revealed his uh NFL Teams tears. What do you call that thing, Nick? What is that thing called that we're talking Mike, about the tomorrow? Right tears. NFL Teams it's tears. It's the right tears. What 8 a.m. tomorrow. Updated. The right yeah, tiers. Remember updated. tomorrow at 8 a.m. I like that. Okay, great. So remember, uh, last week when you revealed like, it, perfect. there was two teams that I didn't agree with, that, you know, and, and when you looked at that tear of dangerous, uh, flawed but dangerous, it was the Cardinals I thought should have moved up and also the Rams. And the reason why I highlight the Rams because this first part of the season, offensively they're getting back to who they are they're getting back to running the football see they 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 have this disguise they have this mask on and they they make everyone think that they're this prolific passing team but the reality is what makes them good and go is that running game now they don't have Todd Gurley Uh, But they do have two or three running backs that get it done. They are running the ball better than they ever have in franchise history. And then obviously, you know, they're playing good defense, one-on-one, and also getting to the pass catcher. Aaron Donald, as we all know, is a monster. He's a beast. He gets to
3: the quarterback whenever he wants to. Here's the problem, Brandon. Brandon, here's the problem. They're wearing a mask because they don't like what their face looks like. and so uh, the reason they're uh. pretenders is because they, they know their, they know their quarterback play is not good enough. They, they, they do all this smoke and mirrors. they dress it all up because they much like San Francisco are trying to protect themselves from their quarterback. five and two looks great. When you dive into it further, while the win last night was a great one, the other four wins come against the NFC East. And so I I just, I can't, could this team maybe. I mean, this is your team though, right? Wasn't
2: the Chicago Bears your team? That's your team, so they beat your
3: team. Yeah, that's a good win. That's a good win. Well, the Bears aren't my a good team, win or but they're a the team that I, of course, have, was right about the while the rest Bears of the nation was wrong about. no, 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 that's Buccaneers. correct. That's correct. They, yes, that's correct. They beat, the, they beat the Bears, and that's a good win. One game does not all of a sudden, Wilds, make me believe this team is a contender. This team is not a contender.
4: Yeah, get, I'm going to come up with a brand new idea after the break. <laughs>
0: uh, you know who else could be a contender or a pretender this season how about the new england patriots when was the last time we asked that question we'll talk pats we'll talk cam newton and we'll let kevin wilds talk yes, take this morning
4: yes my idea yeah. coming up stay tuned
0: a healthy lifestyle should be easy right eat veggies drink green smoothies exercise to get your heart rate up do yoga to bring your heart rate down Whoo! Maybe it's not so easy, but there is something that helps improve everything, and you can do it with your eyes closed. It's sleep. Sleep Number knows what it takes to sleep your best. The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed lets you choose your ideal firmness, comfort, and support on each side, your sleep number setting. It's the perfect solution for couples. These beds are so smart. They respond to your every move and they automatically adjust to keep you sleeping comfortably all night. Proving quality sleep is life changing sleep. And now introducing the new temperature balancing sleep number 360 smart bed. For a limited time, save up to $1,000 on the new 360 smart bed plus smart adjustable base. Only at Sleep Number stores or www.sleepnumber.com slash cadence. The stress of daily life weighs on all of us, whether you're an elite athlete or just a regular person trying to get through the day. Muscle pain and muscle tension, that's a real thing. That's why I use Theragun, the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth Speed and power, and now it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. That's because the all new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor that's so quiet you'll wonder if it's on. While you soothe your aching muscles with Theragun's signature power, amplitude, and effectiveness, try Theragun risk free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app and the quiet and power that you need. Starting at only $199, go to theragun.com slash FTF right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash FTF, theragun.com slash FTF. For a lot of us, our home is now more than just our home. It's also a gym, a bakery, and a barber shop. And if you're a business owner or a people manager, Home might also be where you do your hiring. That's where ZipRecruiter comes in. ZipRecruiter makes hiring faster and easier because you can do it all from one convenient place. ZipRecruiter.com slash approach. No matter where you're hiring from, ZipRecruiter does the work for you. How? Well, ZipRecruiter's matching technology scans thousands of resumes and profiles to identify the most qualified people for your job. If you're really interested in a candidate, you can even invite them to apply for your job. With one click, ZipRecruiter sends them an email from you and you stand out from the competition. And right now, to try ZipRecruiter for free, first things first listeners can go to ziprecruiter.com ziprecruiter.com/approach, approach. That's ziprecruiter.com approach, A-P-P-R-O-A-C-H ziprecruiter.com slash approach ziprecruiter the smartest way to hire Uh, you know who used to love playing the Jets Tom Brady but Brady's been busy down Mm. in Tampa this season acting all goat like at five and two but things are not so sweet and pretty in New England Wilds buckle up for this buddy the Patriots are not very good Sunday, a second straight brutal performance from Cam Newton and the Pats have lost three in a row for the first time since 2002. And the Pats are now in third place in the division. Cam addressed his poor play yesterday. Take a listen to this.
5: He came and said, you know, sit in the fin- uh finisher. And I agreed and, and, and that, that's what it was. It, it was, you know, for any, any type of competitor, do you feel embarrassed? Yeah. Yeah, and and I am as 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 honest as I could possibly be right now. Uh, but yet yeah, it 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 tells you. And the first thing I said, you know, to myself coming home, I said, "You keep playing games like that, bro," and it's going to be a permanent change. Uh,
0: uh, that's a big statement right there, out, out of Cam Newton. Brandon, do you think when you look at where the team is now, that Bill Belichick re- re- regrets? Almost moving on from Tom Brady last year. Okay. After where things stand right now, I had to ask Wilds. I'm sorry. Well,
2: look, mm-hmm. I, listen. We talked about it yesterday, and now everyone's trying to talk about it. This is the hot topic. It was coming into this year. What? Who? 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 Who had? Who was uh, uh, the reason for all the success, success in New England? Was it Tom Brady or Bill Belichick? Look. First, let's highlight what Bill Belichick has done, just some of the ultimate Bill Belichick moves. First, the Jets move, I guess the the non-Jet move, not going to the Jets, that was big. That was a great decision. We should have saw his genius back then. Second. Tom Brady moving on from (laughs) Bledsoe. That was big. Wilds, another one. Randy Moss bringing in Randy Moss. Oh, Randy Moss is done. And Wilds, Nick, you guys could probably add on to it. Bill Belichick has made great decision after great decision year after year after year. That's what makes him great. But it only took seven weeks into this season to realize that this is the worst move Bill Belichick has ever made. The worst wow. move. It's not because of Cam Newton. It's because he had no plan at the quarterback position. You can't tell me Jarrett Stidham was the plan. You go from the GOAT to get Jarrett Stidham. And, and Cam Newton, you're lucky to even have Cam Newton, even how bad he's playing the last two weeks. Because Cam Newton was a guy you signed a couple weeks before camp. You lucked out into getting Cam Newton. So for me, this is the absolute Worst decision ever made. Now, I'm not one of these guys that yeah. was like, oh, I love this debate, it's 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 one or the other. To me, well, they both, it's 50-50. You have the GOAT a football player and you have the GOAT coach. They did it together. It's not about Bill Belichick, well, it's not about Tom Brady. But if we wanna but, have this discussion, look at the success Tampa they're having in Tampa compared to the, non- the, the success they're new. not having in New England. Tom Brady in Tampa—they're turning everything around down there from but the these are, being the worst
3: penalized team. Everything, Nick. So uh, I'm going to surprise you here. The the who deserves surprise, please, more credit? Please. Brady, Brady or Belichick? It's not 50-50. It's 75-25. Oh Brady. You, I will always oh give more goodness. credit to the star oh. player. Always. But that's oh, not what it. we're talking about. That's a different question than this, which is not who deserves more credit for the 20-year run. The question is, did Belichick make a mistake in year 21? And I am here to tell you no. Because right now, we are evaluating Tom Brady through the prism of his stock has not been higher at any point this season, or honestly, in the last two or three years. And Cam, whose stock is at its low point of the year. So right now, it obviously looks like a mistake. But what we know about Tom, no matter how great the numbers have been this season, is in a clean pocket with time. He has been excellent, better than I thought he would be. But in the face of a pass rush, without that offensive line (laughs) that you, Brandon, call the best in the NFL, He's been miserable. Correct. And part of the problem for New England is that offensive line has not been good. There are a lot of other problems. Cam got COVID. The skill position guys Tom's that Brady problem. had to deal with last year. See, I know it's not Tom's problem, but it wouldn't the offensive line wouldn't be better if he were there? And what Belichick knew wild was that with or without and this is the key, with or without Tom Brady, the New England Patriots in 2020 could not win a Super Bowl. So he wanted to turn the page Mm. and figure out, do we have our quarterback in-house or do we need to go get one? They found out it wasn't Stidham. Now they're going to find out if it's Cam or not moving forward over the next nine weeks of the season. But with or without Tom, the, the Patriots were capping out at the AFC East title. So, no, I don't That's, think Belichick made a mistake, and I don't think by the end of the season it'll look like a mistake.
4: Yeah, I agree. And, and Brandon, here's the thing I don't like about this conversation Tom Brady put his house for, up for sale in August, mm. the whole season was oh. a wash. Nothing Bill Belichick oh. could have done after the last game of the season, gonna be like, hey, could you take your house off the market? Tom Brady was mentally checked out and had the moving guys there as soon as the season was over. So the idea that the Patriots were going to come in with this godfather offer and make Tom Brady stay and, oh, please, he was ready to move on. So I think it's not necessarily a disingenuous question. I just think it's an over, oversimplification on the divorce between Tom Brady and the Patriots. Meanwhile... You do have a good point of like I don't quite know what Bill Belichick's plan was because Cam kind of fell into yeah. our laps and it doesn't look like Javelin's yeah. the guy, it doesn't look like Hoyer's the guy. But rule number one of this show, oh, yes. take integrity, right, Nick? Rule number two, you don't question Bill Belichick. So I'm sure he had a plan that I didn't know about. So I, no, I'm not okay. questioning him, it's okay. but I just it's you know. okay.
2: It's okay to question Bill Belichick wild. It's okay. No, it's not. Listen, he's not perfect. No. We know he's not perfect. And that's what we're saying here. And, and, and Nick, I can't believe you're going to continue to defend this. It only took seven weeks, man. It's, it's out there. And when you talk about offensive line, I said this yesterday. I, 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 I'm not in that locker room. But I do believe when I'm watching these games, the last two games, that Cam Newton may not be setting the protection right. Because you have never seen that in the New England offense. You have never seen just free hits on the quarterback. Now, will a guard or a center get beat at because times? Had yes. But they the last have a few nickel. Years
3: who in the but, would, right, but Brandon's a nickel. So when you talk about Brady, offensive if line, if the quarterback a rusher, has a lot to do, do it with
2: it does, but, but but, we didn't see it on the we've quarterback, been saying, "I've been sitting. in the middle. Nick, Nick, I sat in these meetings for 13 years, and it's been the same game mm-hmm. plan for, for 13 years about how to stop Tom Brady. Get to him. Make him uncomfortable. Going back to the yeah. Giants days when the Giants yeah. beat him in the Super Bowls. It's the same thing. We mm-hmm. talk about the Patriots and Tom Brady, what they do well, what they don't do well, how to stop them. The right. same way for 20 years. Oh, Bill Belichick's going to take out your number one receiver to get to Tom oh, Brady, mm-hmm. hit Tom Brady, sure. and he will look bad. So, yes, he's in year 21, right. and the, the game plan hasn't changed. That's why he has a really good offensive line around him, because when he does, what does he do? He becomes the best quarterback in the league.
0: We will continue That's to cool. talk wow. about this all morning. And as oh, that good well, as Brady has end. been offensively, he might be getting even better once his new target joins the team. Brady to A.B., but only if A.B. can stick around. We'll explain that next.
3: Week 7, massive overreaction week.
0: Welcome back. So the Dodgers are one win away from their first World Series title. It's 1988. Tonight, 7.30 Eastern, Game 6 on Fox and the Fox Sports app. Nick's doppelganger, according to Nick. Blake Snell on the hill for the Rays. The Dodgers going with Uh John Gonsalin. Nick, you did say that. What are you looking for in tonight's
3: game? Uh, I think the Dodgers are going to light up the incredibly handsome and debonair Blake Snell, unfortunately for him (laughs) and for folks around the world that look like him. I think the Dodgers, I'm going to say eight to five Dodgers. Seager MVP with a slight chance for Muncie but the Dodgers get out to a big early lead get to the Rays bullpen this is not a classic like Saturday night's game four Dodgers win in their celebrations hopefully safe socially distant celebrations in Los Angeles channel
0: alright good stuff back to the NFL talking Bucks now it looks like Tom Brady will have his old buddy Antonio Brown for the showdown with the Saints in week 9 Bruce Arians who, remember, was pretty vocal about A.B. not fitting in with this team earlier this year, talked to Peter King about the short leash that A.B. is on now. He said he screws up one time, he's gone. I don't think he will because he wants to play. I love Mike Evans. Today, he didn't touch the ball till the fourth quarter, but he just wants to win. Chris Godwin, same way. Gronk, same way. If AB's not that way, then we're going to have a problem. So Brandon, will Antonio Brown be a good fit with Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers?
2: Absolutely. Uh, Tom Brady's one of those guys that can just pull you in and get you on the straight and narrow. And I think that conversation already happened. So I don't think there will be any problems moving forward. I love this, right? Because when you look at what teams are dealing with around the NFL, when it comes to injuries, they're pulling people off of practice squads that haven't played. They're pulling guys off the street. You got guys like that, that, that haven't played in four years getting calls. So, when you have a potential Hall of Famer sitting on the side and you also have a team that is built to make this run to the championship, you get it done. Now, Nick, you just talked about, well, Bill Belichick made a great decision on moving on from Tom Brady because he knew he couldn't lead his team to another Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. So it was a great decision. Well, it looks to me like Tom Brady goes to uh, uh, Tampa and he can lead this team to a Super Bowl, which is interesting because Who was in a better position last year? Was it the New England Patriots or was it the Tampa Bay Bucs? I believe it was the New England Patriots. When you look at Tampa, the Tom Brady effect. The offensive line, one of the worst in the league. Turnovers, one of the worst in the league. Penalties, one of the worst in the league. Defense, one of the worst in the league. So you take Tom Brady, you insert him into Tampa in this situation. You have a Super Bowl contender. You're banged up at the wide receiver position. You insert Antonio Brown. Now you're back on track. So So this is a scary situation.
3: So here's the thing I would have taken this risk as well if I were Tampa. And I think Bruce Arians is exactly right when he says he screws up once and he's gone. And I said this when we were talking about Seattle bringing in Antonio Brown. You're paying him nothing. You're giving up no draft picks. So there is minimal risk. So I don't think it's the wrong move. But I don't agree with a lot of what Brandon said there, which is we know Tom Brady will get Antonio Brown under control. Antonio Brown was literally living at his house. And lasted 11 days. Couldn't help himself but to tweet and Instagram his way out of New England. The only person who can help Antonio Brown is Antonio Brown. So whether he wants to continue to blow up his career or not is going to be based on the, what whether or not, to be totally honest, he hit bottom when he was shackled in that courtroom and realized nobody in the league wanted to touch him. But as far as Bruce Arians and the fit, I, again, I would have taken the risk, but I also would have been maybe a little more cautious with my commentary over the last 18 months if yeah. I'm Arians. He's called him a diva, he said they don't have room, he said he's not a fit, and in those comments right there where he says Evans and Godwin, those are great guys, they don't mind if they're not getting touches, okay, Chris Godwin's never been paid, ever was coming off a, an all-pro caliber year last year. Numbers not the same this year, even though the quarterback play has gotten better. Mike Evans is on pace for the worst year of his career since his rookie season. And I understand it's like, well, we were banged up, but you're not anymore. Your wide receiving core is totally healthy now. And some of no, those mouths no, aren't not, going Nick. to be
2: fed. They're not well, healthy. Okay, the he healthy asked, them before, Brandon, he they asked healthy them before. He asked them he asked, them before the, he asked them before the start of last game, where are you guys at? And they said 80%, 85%, 90%. Yeah. They're not healthy. Oh, are they out it. there playing? Yes. But they can't, you know, as a receiver, you need to be fully healthy if you want to, if you want to be efficient and effective out there on Sunday.
0: Jump
4: right. in, Wilds. So, Brandon, they're going to get healthy, right? It's like a hamstring. So it's like once Mike Evans is healthy – Antonio Brown might still be on the team. He he might not. He might talk himself off. But, Nick, I'm going to go a little bit deeper on your Antonio Brown thing and Bruce Arians. Here's an article from the Washington Post. I'll read you the headline. Antonio Brown's shooting with Bruce Arians, Emmanuel Sanders, and everyone in his mentions. And, and this wasn't brought up when Arians was talking about it's not a fit. And remember he said it's not a fit, there's not enough room. And was like the reporter's like, well, what about Perryman? He's, gone. he's like, well, no, not a fit and not enough money. Like, well, what if it's free? Bruce Arians doesn't want him on the team. I am not buying that he's had a total change of heart uh, in, in the past 18 months. Here's what Antonio Brown said about Bruce Arians in a now deleted tweet January 16th. He didn't draft me, talking about Aarons. He drafted Sanders, same guy who missed Rehab, so he's throwing Sanders under the bus. <laughs> missed Rehab to go on networks, network to talk about me in a situation he had zero clue about. Aaron, listen to this. Arians now wears Kangol hats and glasses, but I'm a diva? So it's like, I, I, it's just an odd, odd fit. And I don't think Bruce Arians it's is like, it's all water under the bridge. It, it it's, it's not really brandy He's like, hey, peace. if he makes one mistake... The, the, well, the level of mistakes that Antonio Brown can make are actually pretty terrifying but i don't know yeah it's but like, first all right, of you're all- 20 minutes late for a meeting is that it
2: like yeah, when, but first of all, he hasn't tweeted. So first negative of all, about it, he hasn't tweeted or Instagram anything in months. When that suspension came no, down, Antonio Brown has been straight clean, and that is a big deal for this kid. Think about not- how he has no type of self-control when it comes to social media. For the past couple months, he hasn't done anything on social media. That's one. And two. This is not odd. We see this in business. We see this in politics. We see this all over the place. People coming together for one common goal, to win or to be successful. Right. So when you have a Super Bowl, the Lombardi trophy sitting right there, they're going to do everything they can. Because Bruce Arians, he just walked away from football. You don't think he wants that Super Bowl trophy? You don't think those other guys in that locker room, Mike Evans and Gronk and and, and God, Goodwin, Godwin, you don't think they want that Super Bowl trophy and saying, let's get it done? whatever it takes it's hard yeah. to win a game wow. in the national football league let alone and, a super bowl
0: that's, that's and the fine. truth is he's but not going wh- to play he's not going to play for bruce Arians. let's face it he's going to play with tom brady that's why this whole idea that brady that's had nothing right, to jenna, do with, with jenna, jenna joke. That, It's that all is about right tom brady that
3: listen what? that is right this is this is because brady wanted him there there, is, there right. is no equivocation, no question about it. And I, it, maybe it will work. Again, Antonio Brown, when he's been on the field in his career, is as productive as any receiver ever. But we can't pretend like he's not a live wire, and we can't pretend like there aren't certain guys in the Bucks locker room, I would imagine, that were not, did not greet this news with open arms. That's all I'm saying, Jenna.
0: All right, let's move on. Time for a little drawing a blank now. Switch sports, switch actors, the whole bit. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are collaborating on a Nike basketball shoe. The two haven't played a game together yet, but already they're working on a shoe. That's confidence right there. Brandon, KD and Kyrie collabing on a new shoe is blank.
2: You know what? Wow, this is great for Kyrie. I know you're a sneaker hit. But Kyrie's shoes in the past have been terrible. They stink. So he needs help. I like what KD does with his shoes. So him collaborating really benefits more of Kyrie. This is good for Kyrie. And it's also, Stop look at it with that. That, that. What is card.
1: this?
4: That was a one-off thing. That is this? SpongeBob. Stop. That's what is this? Come on, thing. man. Kyrie Kyrie's shoes. He needs all are reasonably he priced and a great shoe to play basketball. Stop. This is un- this is this is an assassination of my take that Kyrie has good <laughs> shoes. Cuz he made one SpongeBob shoe. And guess what? SpongeBob shoes. Show me a good shoe. Not wow. a Show me a good shoe. Show me a good Kyrie He's shoe. Wearing them probably. Show me all one. the Kyrie shoes are great. Now I'm going to dig into sneakerhead stuff. All right. Now, let's do Can we do this again later in the show? I got to get the stats on how many shoes Kyrie <laughs> they're a moderately priced <laughs> shoe. They're better than your batch. Please, you want to bring LeBron. it back. Please, get up, bring it back. I want to see this nice shoe. <laughs> it's
3: got a gum sole. I, I, I'm agnostic on Katie and Kyrie sneakers. I think they're fine. I just think Jenna very busy off season for these two. Podcasts. Yeah. They picked a coach. Yep. Now they're making shoes. Yep. Got a lot going on about, for KD and Kyrie. It has the the team. Cost. Anybody can be the take, coach. Yeah. Anybody can be. Oh, that's Anybody, right. They're they're coach. To <laughs> coach and coaching. That's right. That's right. Take they're a They're not LeBron. What, uh, they're not
0: LeBron. What's next for the Browns <laughs> now that Odell is done for the season? That's next. First things first.
3: A lot of things work for LeBron's, and that don't work for
0: Back here, first things first, our top story this morning, the news that we all feared, Odell Beckham Jr. lost for the season with a torn left ACL. For Odell, this is his third significant injury of his career. This one, keeping him out the remainder of the season. Head coach Kevin Stefanski addressing OBJ's injury and where the 5-2 and Browns go from here.
1: And Odell, you know, the energy he brings to practice, the energy he brings to games, uh, you, you can't, you know, you can't, uh, no one else is going to be able to bring that type of juice. Uh, but it's it's our job to find the guys that, that can go compete, that we can go put them in spots where they can succeed. Uh, and, and I think we'll be able to do that. Uh, that's not easy. I don't want to have to do it. And I'm very disappointed for Odell, uh, but that's the nature of this beast. And I, injuries are part of this game, and and doesn't mean any of us have to like it but we do have to deal with it.
0: Brian Westbrook joins us now. Brian, good morning. So, so let's start with what Stefanski had to say. How do expectations now change for the Browns with OBJ loss for the season?
6: You know, if I'm on the Browns team, my expectations as far as win total, they don't change at all. I still expect this team to go out there and win 10 games. I, I think they're good enough to do that. Now, what changes is how they win those games. We, they're going to have to spread the ball out. You're going to have to get more receivers involved. You're going to have to run the ball more. You're going to have to get your tight ends involved in the game. And it just made me think back to 2004 when T.O. was on our team. Week 15 comes, T.O. breaks his leg um, and, and, and uh, against the Dallas Cowboys. And now as a football team, we were top three in points. We were top three in yards. We had to figure out how is uh, how do we go on without T.O. Because his presence on the field meant a lot to us. As a team so what do we do we spread the ball out a lot we uh we got more receivers involved we had to get running backs involved in the past game we also had to play much better defense we weren't putting up as many points as we were before our defense had to step up and play a lot better and that's what you what, what you have to do here's the other thing that you have to do if you're kevin stefanski you have to be multiple you have to put defenses in positions where you're saying okay you have to guard everyone on the field not just focused on on one player and, and that's big what Kevin Stefanski said, and I think this is huge, this is the one thing you can't replace. And we couldn't replace it either when we had T.O. We couldn't replace that swagger. That's That thing that you, when you walk on the field, you know that 81 over there He's going to go out there and make a play for you. Same type of thing for the, the the Browns. They knew that every time the 13 lined up out there, defenses knew where he was at, and they would have to make sure that they washed out for him, that the safety would take one more step to his side and one more step deeper because of his ability to make the plays down the field. That's the thing that you can't replace. Here's a good side for the Browns. They don't play a team with a winning record basically for another month, not until December 6th yep. when they play the Titans. They, they won't see a team with a winning record. That's the good thing for the Browns. They have some time to kind of figure this thing out.
2: Yeah, B, I mean, this is, uh, you know, this is terrible news for Odell. Um, He's a great player. It's hard to replace him. And, Nick, you talked about this earlier on on the show where you're going to miss him in moments. You're going to miss that playmaking ability. But I do believe they're going to be a better offense. I truly believe that because when you have a dominant number one receiver it puts pressure on the play caller the play caller has to figure out when to get the ball to to this guy they have to figure out how to get the ball to him and it throws off their rhythm if the if the chemistry isn't right and we know that the chemistry hasn't been right with odell in cleveland it also throws off the the rhythm when it comes to the quarterback the quarterback you what you want is that quarterback to drop back and to go through his progression and make the decisions freely. He doesn't need to drop back and think about if I don't get it to him, what's going to happen on the sideline? Is he going to shut down? Um, Will he come over emotionally and yell and scream at me? So those are the things that quarterbacks go through. I I went through it in my own experience. When I was emotional and when I wasn't emotional, there was this pressure on everyone on the offensive side to get it to that number one guy. Like You know they can help you win ball games but you what you want is an efficient offense effective offense where those play callers and those quarterbacks can drop back freely and just call the game and get in rhythm that's what we're seeing in today's nfl is guys spreading out the ball kansas city chiefs is a great example tampa bay is even a great example just getting it to different play catchers and not just throwing it to one guy like the atlanta falcons julio jones and we wonder why they continue to lose
3: and listen, I, I think the Browns are, I agree with Brian and Brandon in this regard. I think the Browns are going to win 10 or 11 games. Where this kills them is when they are not the better team on the field and they need a great player to make a great play, where they need a great player to set things up for their less talented players. At some point this season, for the Browns to not just have some success, but ultimate success. They are going to have to beat Baltimore or Pittsburgh or both of them. I do not think they have the horses to do it, maybe with Odell, certainly without Odell. Now, can they, they're going to be favored, to Brian's point, in every game the next month, favored in every single game, and then late in the season, they get the Jets and the Giants. They'll run the ball. Miles Garrett is on a 20-sack pace. Baker will hopefully continue to do the the deep, intermediate play action where he's been so good. And over the course of the season, they'll be fine. But they are going to make the playoffs. And in the playoffs, missing Odell will show up. And Wilds, there's going to be on a lot of shows today very misleading graphics. Well, look, here's Baker with Odell. Here's Baker without Odell. And it totally disregards the fact that Baker's first year of his career, when he was excellent, Odell wasn't there. And then last year, Baker regressed massively with Freddie Kitchens. That's when Odell showed up. You can't put that on Odell Beckham Jr. And so I I think the Browns will be okay, except for in their biggest games, where this will hurt them. But I still expect them to make the playoffs wilds.
4: So when they make the playoffs, and let's say if it started right now, they'd have to go into Tennessee. They could probably beat Tennessee, yeah. and then they'd probably play Pittsburgh, and they'd lose. But I think that would be a good season for them. I think it's like, I know we like It'd to say like Super Bowl season. or bust, but Cleveland is more like an Olympian. It's like, yeah, first, second, or third, we just want a medal, and we're also happy to be here. It's really mm-hmm. nice, and we got a ton of pins in our jacket. It's fine. Uh, Brian, I don't think it's like you guys where you're like, hey, we're headed to the Super Bowl. We need T.O. back. I still think if they get to the playoffs, maybe they win a game, or if Baker just proves that he deserves that option and that he's like the quarterback for a long time in Cleveland, I think that's a win for them.
6: This is a big stepping stone for Baker Mayfield. I mean, if he can go out there, especially without Odell, and find a way to get into the playoffs and potentially win the game in the playoffs, that means that he gets an extension there in Cleveland instead of them trying to find a different quarterback next season. You're absolutely right. This is all about Baker and how well he can play with a different group of guys around him. And to Brandon's point, spreading the ball around is going to be a key to their game. Making sure the defense defends the entire width of the field and the depth of the field as well. This is going to help Baker Mayfield in some way.
0: All right, let's take a turn. Play a little contender or pretender. Monday night football and the Rams took care of business behind a solid performance out of Jared Goff. 219 passing yards, two touchdowns. That Rams defense just had the Bears offense looking lost all night long. Brian, back to you, buddy. Are the 5-2 Rams contenders or pretenders?
6: You know, Jinda, I think they're contenders at least for the playoffs. I don't know that they have enough Once they get into the playoffs to make a long run, I think they may be able to win a game in the playoffs, especially with seven teams now getting into the playoffs. But what I saw last night against a very good Bears defense was a defense that was guessing, a defense that had no clue what was going to happen next because excuse me, Sean McVay had a defense in the offense playing well. They had to protect the edges. They had the jet sweep working. They had their rounds working. They had the play-action pass working. They had the run game working. Basically, anything that the Rams wanted to do last night they were able to do against a good defense in the Bears most importantly in order to beat the Rams as far as on, your, on the defensive side of the ball you have to have depth and you have to have guys in your second string that can come and get after the quarterback if you don't have that ability then you can't beat the rams because offensively they have a bunch of guys that can hurt you and if they go into that hurry up mode they keep the same team on the on the the defensive team on the field for a very long time and that hurts a defense especially when you get into the third and fourth quarter that's when your reserves have to play a little bit more it's just a tough beat tough out when you talk to some out some of these teams here
0: all right, Rams get the win. That's contender or pretender. You know, some might be asking the same question of Cam Newton after another bad start Sunday. Is he one or the other? And what do the Patriots do now? That's next. First things first. The Spring League debuts tonight, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern on FS1, when the Conquerors with head coach Jerry Glanville, take on the generals catch some of the brightest up-and-coming prospects in football throughout the 2020 season including former Big Ten standouts JT Barrett Shea Patterson the spring league airs Tuesday and Wednesday evenings on FS1 Nick what are you looking forward to most from the spring league
3: the incredibly handsome Joel Klatt being on the call People don't know this about Joel. Well, they know he's incredibly handsome, but they might not know that he has been recently rated America's number one college football analyst, and he now brings that to the Spring League. So anytime we can get more Joel Klatt on TV, it's better for everyone, so that's what I'm
2: most more looking Joel forward Platt.
0: to. Joel Love it.
3: Love it. Hey,
2: Fox loves football, and this is more football, and this is really good for football. Look, we need a development league. We need something that's going to stick, so I'm so glad that we're getting an opportunity to see this spring league develop uh, because there's so much talent out there, and we need a place for those guys that's in, in that transition period from college to the pros where they've been cut or they're trying to make it. This is going to be really good for the National Football League, guys. I, I agree with you, Brandon, already over a hundred
4: players from the Spring League are have been in the NFL. Especially take note of any defensive players, Jerry Jones and the Jones family, you guys need some help. You might have it right here on Tuesday night.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on, back here talking the race for MVP. So things are heating up after Russ's three-pick performance in the Seahawks' loss to the Cardinals Sunday night. Rock's bet still has Russ as the favorite at plus 100. But right on his heels, you got Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers at plus 400. Tom Brady on the list as well in fourth, but a long shot bet at plus 1,400. So, Nick, who's got the best chance to knock off Russ for MVP?
3: All right, I like how you phrased this, Jenna. Who has the best chance to knock off Russ? Because right now, Russ is still the favorite. But the premise of the question suggests... If Russ isn't going to win it, who takes it from him? And quietly, without much fanfare, huh? without much media Shh. coverage, one Patrick Mahomes is oh, sneaking okay. his way I back mean, into the MVP conversation. Take.
5: What? That's a Excuse me, <laughs> That's Kevin Wilde? Put, Kevin wilds, I a... he, I de- put <laughs> Kevin wilds on camera. I
3: demand he. Put Kevin Wilde on camera, and I demand he, <laughs> he account That's for what angry. he just said. I thought you were well, giving us an interesting take. <laughs> you, you picked yeah, this I am giving kind. you an interesting take. I, like, well, I okay, am giving you an interesting it. take. Nobody's talking about Mahomes winning guys. MVP. People talking about Rodgers. People talking about Tom Brady. You know what Rodgers and Tom Brady all have in common? They have as many or more pick sixes this year than Mahomes has regular picks. Yet yeah, they're all in the I mean, MVP conversation. <laughs> oh, good for those guys. One guy, on the other hand has 16 touchdowns to one interception, (laughs) and let, oh, oh, that's not all I have, Brandon Marshall. Let me tell you something else. Of those guys, who are you most confident? Bet your life on it. His team is going to win their division. The answer is the Chiefs. Why does that matter? Can't win the MVP if your team doesn't win the division. Really hard to win the MVP if your team doesn't get 12, 13, 14 wins. The Chiefs have the best chance of any team for the best record in football. The division is already locked up. Mahomes has made no mistakes. He's top five in the NFL in every major passing category. And as an added little cherry on top of this Sunday, Brandon Marshall, Oh. you know who he gets this weekend? The New York Jets. Sam Donaldson. I have yes. to break some news here. Mm. I am hearing from some of my sources, the Chiefs are considering starting Chad Henney and giving Mahomes some load management this week. But if he plays, Brandon, oh, if he plays, <laughs> if he plays, add four more touchdowns to the ledger, no interceptions, and Mahomes a big MVP favorite coming up soon. I don't know why everyone's not buying into Ooh, this. Interesting. Interesting. Listen, Mahomes, here's
2: what I do like about Mahomes and what they're doing. I think they're better this year than they they were last year because they're a more complete team. They are finding ways to win differently. They're winning on defense. They're winning running the ball. They're not just relying on Patrick Mahomes dropping back and just throwing it all Mm -hmm. over the field. So I do think you have something here. But let's be clear here. This is all Russell Wilson. And the cool thing about Russell Wilson and what we're seeing is this is who he is. This is how he plays. He's not playing lights out. This is just uh, Russell Wilson getting better year after year after year. You're not going to see a drop off. So this last game that we just saw on Sunday Night Football, th- that, that's just a one time thing. Just those three interceptions, bad decisions, that's not going to happen. Russell Wilson, is this is okay. his game. These other MVPs, they just have really good years. Now if there is somebody that's going to knock off Russell Wilson, it's going to be Tom Brady. And it's not Tom Brady because of Of all of the stats. Uh It's the stats and everything else. The type of games he's been having the last five is what he did in 2007 and 2010 when he won the MVP. But some things that I wrote down here, guys, from the turnover margin, this is the Tom Brady effect how he's made this organization better in so many different areas. Turnovers, they're better. Penalties. Oh, Tom Brady, he's a bad teammate. He's cursing out Jensen and in his offensive line on Thursday night football. Oh, Brandon, uh, is this good? Do you want your quarterback to act this way? Yes, because when you do, you hold guys accountable, you get better. So the last two games, they've been one of the best in the league and, and, and not giving up penalties. Defense is better. Culture. The culture, the locker room, everything is better. And then obviously so, the record. So for that
3: reason, I think Tom Brady can I ask you a question, is the only Brandon, one that could potentially quick, knock off. Real quick, one hundred percent. Wilds, Wilds. Just real quick before you go, I have a question for Brandon. I'm just because because you've now in back-to-back segments given Brady credit for the improved offensive line, for the defense, and for the lack of penalties. I just want to make sure I understand. So if in three weeks. The Bucks have a dozen penalties and give up 40 points. I can blame that on Brady. I just want to know the rules of engagement here. When they're good, he gets credit. When they're bad at those things, do I get to say, even if Brady throws for 300 yards and three touchdowns, but the defense is terrible and they're highly penalized, am I allowed to blame Tom Brady for that, or does he only get credit when it's good? I just want to know the rules here.
2: Okay, all right, let me let me just Steve- answer you this way. Yeah. When you have a great leader and you have the GOAT step in, this is what happens. So I don't care about how you want to talk about it, but this is what great leadership does. They come in and they change the, the entire culture. They hold guys accountable. So yes, okay. it is the Tom Brady effect. If they if they regress, if they if they continue to if they go the other way, then yes, it's Tom Brady's fault, it's Bruce Arian's fault. It's those leaders okay. in that organization.
3: I'm good with that. Wild okay. No problem.
2: Oh, I, think, I think Tom Brady
4: could win it if he campaigned for it. Like LeBron campaigned for washed king. Tom Brady doesn't quite have a clever enough hashtag yet. He just has that clip of Edelman yelling at him, you're too old, which is honestly too long for a hashtag. But I think if Tom Brady, <laughs> or if it was seated out, it's like, look how old he is. Look at the effect he's having on the organization. Just like Russell Wilson, low-key campaigned for his when he's like, I've never even gotten a vote. It's like, well, that's not how – whose vote do you want? But it doesn't matter. The, the storyline <laughs> was Russell Wilson never got a vote, and he deserves one. Even though he, we can, no one can point to one that he, an MVP that he deserves, because of the weird way that MVP voting is, and people think that it's more like NBA voting, I think if Tom Brady really pushed it out there, like, look how old I am, hey, washed king. And LeBron's like, ah, two washed kings, we're here. Like, I think that would work, <laughs> Nick.
3: Okay. First of all, LeBron doesn't need Brady do jumping on his bandwagon. Brady's got a very curious and sketchy group of friends. We don't need LeBron brought into that bad group of people, okay? That's perfect. Sure. <laughs> Second of all is this. Uh, I'm going to give out a little gambling advice for the public. If you oh. think Russell Wilson's going to win MVP, wait a few weeks to bet it. Because I think Russell's, Russell's numbers... Are Despite the three picks at an all-time high, the competition over the next few weeks, my guess is right now, in a few weeks, you'll be able to get Russell Wilson a better number. And one last thing, Jenna. I think at some point this year, Jenna Wolfe and her ilk, the anti-Baker Mayfield mafia of America, are going to start promoting Miles Garrett. As a dark horse MVP candidate, he leads the okay. NFL in sacks, leads the NFL in forced fumbles, leads the NFL yes. in fumble recoveries. And when love the Browns it. get to 8 and 2, folks are going to have to find well, someone well, to give credit that isn't Baker Mayfield. And, and so two. they're going to be like, ah, who <laughs> no. do we do? Oh, it's going to be, May,
0: it's gonna gonna be, gonna be Miles Garrett. Garrett.
3: We got to give it to Miles Garrett. And Miles so I think, think there could be some value eight in eight him. do because of Baker Mayfield.
0: But I like okay, the name, well, but I don't necessarily okay, love the yeah. reasoning. All right, moving on. So, oh, what a great story! What a great story yesterday. Washington head coach Ron Rivera finishing up his last round of treatment at a DC cancer center, to the applause of all the doctors and nurses there. Rivera ringing the bell on his way out. <laughs> The Dodgers are one win away from their first World Series title since 1988. Tonight, 7.30 Eastern, Game 6 of the World Series on Fox. Dodgers, Rays. Also, check it out on the Fox Sports app. You got your Nick look-alike, Blake Snell on the hill for Tampa. You got Dodgers going with Tony Gonsolin. Take it him. is going. He is a very, <laughs> very, very dapper looking man. So you're you're in good shape. Oh, thank you. Uh, it's going to be uh, a great, you. yep, great World Series. Game six tonight on Fox. Uh, shifting to our top story this morning, the news that we did all fear Odell Beckham Jr. lost for the season with a torn left ACL. Keep in mind, this is the third significant injury in Odell's career. This one has him out the remainder of the season. Mm. Head coach Kevin Stefanski addressed the injury. And where the 5-2 Cleveland Browns go from
1: here? And Odell, you know, the energy he brings to practice, the energy he brings to games, uh, you, you can't, you know, you can't, uh, no one else is going to be able to bring that type of juice. Uh, but it's, it's our job to find the guys that, that can go compete, that we can go put them in spots where they can succeed. Uh, and, and I think we'll be able to do that. Uh, that's not easy. I don't want to have to do it. And I'm very disappointed for Odell, uh, but that's the nature of this beast. And injuries are part of this game, and it doesn't mean any of us have to like it, but we do have to deal with it.
0: All right, Brandon. Brandon, how do expectations change now for the Browns with OBJ gone for the rest of the year?
2: Yeah, uh, I mean... They really don't change much, they should actually be better. Now this is unfortunate, Odell's a great player, it's hard. It's going to be hard to replace his talent. You're going to miss him in moments, you're going to miss his playmaking ability, you're going to miss those times where it's one on one, you're going to miss those times where he breaks three, four tackles and he can possibly um, get you back in the game or possibly even win one or two ball games. But this team will be better because I believe there is no chemistry and no continuity. Well, we actually we all know that there's no chemistry and continuity. When you're a dominant number one wide receiver, you put so much pressure on the play caller. You put so much pressure on the quarterback. I experienced this throughout my career and I had to learn how to communicate with the quarterback, how to communicate with the play caller. Because if you get in the play caller's head, they get out of rhythm. And that's not what you want you want that play caller to feel really good about what he's dialing up you also want that quarterback to be freely think freely when he's dropping back going through the offense going through his progressions if he has one-on-one he has Landry on this side Odell on this side well People are going to say, well, why don't you throw to Odell? Well, maybe the quarterback wants to go to Landry. So for that reason, I think Baker will be better. He has a guy in Higgins that he has great chemistry with going back to his rookie year. Landry is his guy. I think Baker will be better. There's going to be a lot of pressure on him to really work his so, offense now. But now we're going to see if he is the real deal. So, Brandon, if, if Landry's his guy, He's not Jarvis not having a bad
4: year, but he's not having a spectacular year, and I've heard you say though a wide receiver's best friend is the other wide receiver because it takes some defensive pressure off him. But so far he's got zero touchdowns. That's right. He's actually thrown for more touchdowns than he's caught. So do, why do you expect Jarvis to be better and not
2: worse? Well, it's more so about the offense. I'm looking at them having success as an offense. When you look at Landry, he's banged up. He has a broken rib. He's been dealing with that. But it could be because they, they had too much emphasis on the other guy, on Odell, trying to figure out how to get him going. So when that trade deadline come up, they're not trading him. They actually find a way to make it work. So there's so many different reasons. But I want this play caller to feel free and get into a rhythm. I want this quarterback to drop back and go to his guys this team knows that the, how they win is on the ground and play action but they're going to need to win throwing the ball like they did this past week sometimes in the
3: national football league so listen coming into this year i expected the browns i think i picked them to go ten and six I think right now 10 wins is the lowest they'll go. They maybe could get to 11 wins. They're going to be favored in each of their next four games, three straight at home. Late in the year, they get the Jets and the Giants. So they're going to be fine for this being a wildly successful season. little context on that. the three In the three years prior to drafting Baker Mayfield, the Browns won four football games. Four wins in three years, so winning double-digit games is outstanding, especially given the mayhem of last season with Soup Kitchens as the head coach, right? So that will be a step in the right direction. But for this to be a spectacular year, they would have to win a playoff game. And to win a playoff game, you're probably going to have to beat Pittsburgh, Baltimore, a team like that. And by the way, to have any chance of winning your division, you'd have to beat those teams. They're not good enough to just line up and beat one of those teams. The only chance they would have at beating one of those teams, Jenna, is if their superstar player has a superstar game. They now don't have a superstar player on offense. They have a good offense. They have a good offensive line. They have a good running game. They have a quarterback who can be good, but they have a superstar on defense in Miles Garrett. They had a superstar on offense in Odell, even if he hadn't played like it, with him being gone, their ability to pull off a major upset in the postseason I think goes close to zero.
0: All right, let's head down to Tampa. Bucks right now sitting at 5-2. and two. They are tops in the NFC South. Brady playing about as well as we've seen him play in years. Meanwhile, dot, 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 up in New England, the Patriots postmortem continues after a second straight dud by Cam Newton and a third straight Patriot loss. Two and four on the season, third place in the division, and more questions right now than answers. The quarterback, Cam Newton, addressed his poor play yesterday. Take a listen.
5: He came and said, you know, sit him the fin- uh, finisher, and I agreed, and, and, and that, that's what it was. It, it was, you know, for any, any type of competitor, do you feel embarrassed? Yeah. Yeah, and, and I am as, as, as honest as I could possibly be right now, uh, but yet yeah, it, it, it tells you. And the first thing I said you know, to myself coming home, I said, you keep playing games like that, bro, and it's going to be a permanent change.
0: Brandon, this is not the way that Bill Belichick anticipated this season going, whether it was with Stidham and obviously he thought it'd be a much better with Cam Newton at this point. Do you think there's a part of him that regrets that divorce from Tom Brady letting Brady go?
2: I don't know if he regrets it, but to me, this is definitely the worst decision he's made uh, in his stellar career. When you go back to some of his all time decisions and we talked about this throughout the show, you know, not taking the Jets job, taking the Jets job and then walking out. I mean, that was probably his greatest moment. And then you have the whole blade, uh, uh, Brady Bletso era and then bringing in Randy Moss. And then you can list probably another 20 different decisions he's made from going on. Uh, moving on from guys when they were getting up in age, uh, the free agency acquisitions that he's, he's, he's been able to acquire, uh, he's done so, he's done a phenomenal job. That's one of the reasons why he is Bill Belichick. But when you walk away from the GOAT, when you walk away from a guy who's delivered six Lombardi trophies, that is an issue. And that was a big conversation coming into the season was, well, who's more important for the success? I would say that throughout these first seven games, Tom Brady is showing that he was more important. Now, I don't like to be in this discussion because I, to me, I thought they should have stayed together. They should have never broke up this marriage because it was equally important. But if we're going to have this discussion, then numbers don't lie. But, but
3: why? But Brandon, it, it, the reason Belichick is able to have 20 unlisted decisions plus the ones you did list on his resume is because, and Wilds, you know this, how cold and calculated he is about dollars, value, age, and potential. And Bill Belichick crunched the numbers and said at the money Tom Brady wants at his age, he does not give us that value. That's what makes him him. And I know Pat fans don't wanna hear this, Wilds, But with or without Tom Brady, this was not a Super Bowl team. But what's the goal? So, no, I don't think Belichick regrets going with the younger, cheaper option when either way they were not winning the AFC this year, Wilds. That's right. We're
4: getting so into what is the, the playoffs. playoffs. We're going to be hungry, tired, and beat up like a mangy dog. And you're going to look around, and we're going to play the Chiefs or somebody. And You're going to be like, uh-oh, we don't want to play that mangy dog. It's like bad news. You're going to. We're <laughs> get, we'll get in there. Don't worry. But I'm not looking back. Tampa's not on our schedule. for the mangy
0: dog? Time for Take Your Pick, World Series <laughs> Game Wolf. 6. Dodgers can win it all tonight. Action starts 7.30 Eastern on Fox. Mr. Brandon Marshall, who wins tonight, Rays or Dodgers? Take your pick
2: the dodgers win i think the rays are going to come out aggressive like they always do but the dodgers bats are going to stay hot and they're going to get the win for the very first time in 32 years dodgers are going to be celebrating la's going to be lit
0: all right
4: dodgers win mookie bats big game nick probably doesn't get mvp i wanted him to but he's mvp in my heart
3: Mookie's not going to win MVP. It'll be Seeger or Muncie. It's a clean sweep. We all say Dodgers win. Dodgers win in a high-scoring game, America. Dodgers in the over. Lock it in.